This podcast is brought to you by Pinecrest Printing and Signs. Do you have an image for your business? Well, Pinecrest Printing has got you covered in more ways than one. They've been providing the Tampa Bay business community with quality commercial printing and design since 2001. Their printing professionals are ready to provide you with quality marketing solutions for today's industry. They're also the newest sponsor of the Cannon Fire podcast. From wide format banners, decals, vehicle wraps, to much, much more. Give them a call at 813-684-5444 or check out the website at pinecrestprinting.com. Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! When you hear the sound of the drum, we'll be saying, here we come. Yeah, here we come. Hey, here we come. Uh, Check out, we man. We're going to kick it in the and you're missing out. Welcome back, Bucks fans, to another edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today with episode number 90. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, winners of three in a row and four of their last five, are gearing up for one more road trip in the 2019 season that has already included a lot of miles traveled. The destination this time is Ford Field in Detroit where they will take on the Detroit Lions. The same team who coincidentally shut shut down their playoff hopes last week by losing to Minnesota. So uh, thanks for that, guys. Of course, we're going to break down everything you need to know about that game today on the show. Got some other fun stuff, too. Some more of those embarrassing buck stories. You guys seem to like those last time we did them, so we... Got a few more this week, and these are some good ones, so make sure you stick around and check those out. If you're new around here, I am your host as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me is my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan Wanish. And Evan, how are you doing today, my man? Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm in a good mood. Kind of looking at this game this weekend, there's a lot of things that I do feel good about. There's a lot of things that are still up in the air which uh, mm-hmm. we'll mention here in just a minute. But uh, overall, I feel good. Like, I, you know, 
you got to feel good after a three-game win streak. We're still basking in the glory of winning three in a row. Bucks have yet to lose a game in that series. So until they do, I'm in, I'm in a good-ass mood. That's just how it is. Haven't lost in December yet either. So. Yeah, yeah, right. Buccaneers could make this holiday season very, very interesting time to watch some football. Because normally they have that habit where towards the end of the year they put something together that makes you feel really good about the next season. But that's like over the last two or three games. As of right now, they've got three games left with three that they just won. So if you can really put together a streak of, you know, six in a row and win out, it, it every single week this team keeps winning games. It almost seems less and less far-fetched. But, of course, they have to get past the Detroit Lions, and then you have a couple of tough matchups after that. So we're going to talk about the Lions game today. But before we get into the game, there is some Buccaneer news that we need to talk about. And it regards big number 13, Mike Evans. As of this week, Mike Evans was named Tampa's nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Now, that doesn't mean he won Walter Payton Man of the Year, but he is eligible for that award after the Bucks organization basically put him on the ballot. So, really big news for Big Mike, um, especially this time of season. You know, we just lost him for the entire season with the severely pulled hamstring. Mm -hmm. But to hear this news about a guy who, quite frankly, deserves all of it, is uh really puts you in a good mood. Yeah, I mean they 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 try to each team tries to pick a guy like a lot of times they try to pick a different guy for like a few years like me 3 4 years it was Vincent Jackson that they always nominated. Right. Uh and then I believe one year was Clinton McDonald. I forget who it was last year. I don't know if it, it was Mike Evans or not last year. last year, was it? I feel like it was like Levante David or something. I don't know. It's, I, I have a strange feeling it was Levante David. If anybody knows, comment down below. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like it was Levante David. I don't think it was Mike Evans. I don't think it was Jerome McCoy. But whatever. Could be wrong. Um, yeah, but, it's, I mean, it's a nice honor. It's um, I forget what the exact description is of it. But, um, yeah, each team will put out a guy that – like exemplifies some sort of like leadership or something and just like a great guy in the community and stuff like that. Um, and you know, every team has a guy, so it's not like Mike Evans just won, you know, it, right. it'll be announced at the NFL award show, but it is an, a nice little honor there for him. Absolutely. And you kind of brought up every team looking for that guy. I say all the time, and I'm sure plenty of other people do. We are lucky to have a player like Mike Evans. Um, you saw the day after the Colts game, He's out at his bowling for charity event with a lot of the other Bucks players. Um, and then I believe the next day he was at one buck place giving away tons of presents to kids in need. So Mike Evans is a guy who gets around in the community, leads on the field by example, because, of course, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, one of the best players on the team right now. So for him to get that honor is really, really deserving and uh, really, really happy for Mike and hope at the end of the year they announce that he is the winner. But, of course... That is your Buck news for the week. So transitioning back towards the game, the Bucks know that this will be their last road trip this season, um, yep. and they have an opportunity to finish their away schedule with a winning record. So after they beat Atlanta, they beat Jacksonville. The Bucks are four and three in road games, and I know we kind yep. of talked about how that six-week stretch of away games is going to be really tough and take a toll on this team. Mm -hmm. But if you take a look back at the grand total, again, they're 4-3 and three on the road. I, I think this Bucks team 
at least in 2019, definitely has the identity uh, the identity as just a road warrior team. Like they seem to play pretty okay on the road for the most part. Yeah, they definitely play better on the road uh, than they do at home. But that's to me, that's kind of been the case for a few years now. Yeah, um, I believe the the nine and seven season. Um, I believe that season they might have only won two or three games at home. That nine and seven season with their cutter. Uh, I remember they won a lot of their games on the road. Right. So, um, yeah, it's it's really uh, it's something. Um, just the mentality. A lot of people say that you know when you're on the road, the team's closer. You know, you're staying in a hotel rather than staying you know in your house, so you're closer with the team and stuff. Um, I mean, I, I think that's valid, but yeah, um, sort of surprising me because I I didn't think. I think the Bucks were above 500 right now. So, I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to to go above 500 on the road. I mean, especially yeah. with this type of schedule they had where, yes, they had a home game in there with London, but, I mean, really, it wasn't. Even if they so. do win on Sunday and you want to take into account the London game because, yeah, there were a lot of miles traveled there, even then, to finish 5-4 and four with just the amount of travel that they had, you know, if yep. you told me at the beginning of the year, that the Buccaneers were going to finish their road schedule four and three. I'll take it all day. Like it, it, you know, they have an opportunity to go five and three, of course, with the Lions Sunday. So, well, I mean, your ideal situation is you go 500 on the road, right? That's your idea. Your ideal is your ideal situation. You're thinking that your home games, you're going to be able to win most of your home games. So the ideal situation is you go 500 on the road and then you go, like like five and three at home or like six and two at home and right. you're boom then you're ten and six so that's the that's the ideal situation obviously an ideal situation like all depends on the team scenario but um like the patriots their ideal situation obviously isn't four and four on the road and then <laughs> you know um but like a team like the bucks like you have to be thinking like especially with this schedule like hey if you can come out of this at 500 you're happy with that. Just hope you go in some of your home games. Unfortunately, they had a few home games let they let slip away. Yeah. Um, which, which, like I said, it's unfortunate, but um, is what it is. You play the schedule that you're given, and they did, and they they faced it pretty well. Yeah, I think so as well. You also think of the games that really could have gone either way. We've mentioned them uh, last time on the show. Tennessee, the Tennessee Seattle, 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 Seattle yeah. with the overtime. You yeah, know? those two I, games. If they go if, the other way, it's a much different tone of this team on the, the road this year. If the Bucks win the coin flip in Seattle, they probably win. Because Seattle was really having a tough time stopping the Bucks offense. Yeah. And uh, to overtime, you know, to start, Bucks offense never even got to touch the ball. So. Yeah. It, it, unfortunately, with those games, Seattle, that's football. That happens sometimes. It's unfortunate, and maybe in the collective bargaining agreement coming up, they can make some sort of adjustment to overtime, but who knows? They probably won't. I, I think it should be more like college. I think both yeah. teams should get a chance no matter what. Um, yeah, I just think it should just be more like college. And if the, if the NFL wants a higher-scoring league, instead of having the teams start at like their own 25 and have to drive, start them at like the 50. And, and then have them go. If you right. want a higher-scoring game, start them at the 50, but make sure that both teams get a possession. Right. Yeah, it, there's got to be some sort of tampering in the rules to where it is just a little more fair because the fact that you have a game that was as competitive and as close as the Bucks seattle game was, I mean, the Bucks led the whole game. 
You know, it, it's it's one of those things where a game like that comes down to the wire. You're going to want to see the best from both teams to determine who's going to win that game. If one team doesn't get a chance to take the field, of course, you're going to have people upset about it. And that's that's been the age-old discussion on the overtime rules, but let's hope they make something happen. But going back to what we were talking about before we go on this big rant about the overtime rules, because I'm sure we could spend an hour and a half talking about that. Um, the Bucks team overall has an identity of playing well on the road, and we hope that they continue that this Sunday against the Lions. Now, let's go into personnel, because there are a few big personnel question marks for the Bucks this week, yeah. and of course we have to open things up and talk about Jameis Winston. Well, the overall question is, is Jameis going to play this weekend? Uh, Buck starter Jameis Winston coming off of a career best 456 yard passing day. Uh, he's potentially dealing with an injury to the thumb on his throwing hand. Now, in the uh, Indianapolis game, Winston missed a series while having his hand x rayed, but he came out, put up huge numbers in the second half. Remember, career best on that day for him. And then on Monday, head coach Bruce Arian said that Winston had swelling in his hand and was going to see a hand special. Uh, hand specialist. The hand specialist determined that he had a fracture in his thumb, a hairline fracture, I believe. And as of Wednesday, first day of practice, he was not throwing a football. And mm -hmm. as of Thursday, today, the day that we're recording this, Jameis was out there throwing a tennis ball, correct? Yeah, today he was not gripping and throwing a football. He was throwing a tennis ball instead. So, I mean, it's sort of like the Andrew Luck situation almost. You know, they're like, oh, he's throwing a tennis ball, and he's throwing a college ball, then, you know. Um, but, yeah, right now it's just like gripping the football. He's not sure if he's going to be able to grip it. So um, they haven't thrown a tennis ball right now. I'm sure that went well. I mean, you know. Um, so we'll see what happens. Obviously, it's big. I, I don't believe they've uh, put another quarterback on the 53-man roster, which leads me to believe that he's going to play probably. Um, because let's say you know Ryan Griffin's a backup. We know that. Like yep. he's gonna he's gonna be there, be active no matter what. But I mean, since they haven't signed anybody, I just I don't know. You know, like. They don't have anybody else at quarterback. Right. And, like, if they went out and they signed somebody to their active 53-man roster this week, I would have been like, okay, I, I don't think Winston's going to play. But Bruce Arians has given all indications that he's going to play. And then just like that, if you're just seeing signs from them that they haven't signed one that he's likely to play. And that was going to be my next follow-up question was, you know, kind of looking at everything, the situation that he's in now, do you believe that Jameis will play? And I mean, you kind of answered that question, yeah. the way things are going, you think he will. And I'll agree with you. I, I think he takes the field. I, I mean, this is Jameis Winston we're talking about. This is a very, very critical time of year for him. Um, not only for his standpoint, but the Buck standpoint, yeah. head coach Bruce Arians, everybody has the light shining on them because of how Jameis Winston plays in these last three games. I mean, Jason I mean yeah, if, if he if he there. goes out, if he comes out and throws five picks each game, and they get crushed, well, he'll be there gone. might be there might be some serious doubts if he gets back. So, like yep. you said, a critical time. Like he still has to play and play well. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we've talked about before how Jameis Winston does really turn it around and play well at the end of the year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you really hope that can be the case. But for a guy like him and a critical time, you would hate to see an injury, like a hand injury, sideline him any longer than he should be. But um, 
All right, I, so r- real quick, one question. Yeah. Over under interceptions two on Sunday. Who? I'm not going to take either because I think he'll throw two picks on Sunday and that's it. Oh, okay. All right. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll, so, so, so you're not going to spin the chamber? Uh, yeah, not happening this week. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, uh, I, I'll play it safe and say he throws two picks. What do you think? I think he throws one. Okay. So I'm going to say the under. Um, All right. If you look, it was a funny stat that they showed during the game. I'm sure you saw it when I bring this up. He has way less interceptions on a road. Uh, most of his interceptions have come at home. And it's very strange. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Most of his interceptions have come at home. He threw three against the 49ers. He threw four against the Saints. He threw two against the Cardinals, three against the Colts. Like, a lot of his interceptions. And technically, the London game was a home game, so he threw four in that game. Yeah. Um, a lot of his in home games, he just throws a lot of picks. Seattle, he didn't throw one. Tennessee, he threw two. Carolina, he didn't throw any. Ramsey threw one. Um you know, Atlanta, he threw two. Jacksonville, he threw none. So, like, yeah, there's a lot less turnovers with Winston on the road, and I just think that's going to carry over um, into a Detroit t- defense that is struggling right now. Yeah. So. And, I mean, that kind of goes with what we talked about to start the show, is this Bucks team has an identity of playing well on the road, and I guess that includes quarterback Jameis Winston. But, of course, looking for Jameis to be good to go by the weekend. I think we both think he'll play. Um, If you guys think Jameis will play, let us know in the comments down below. Of course, sound off your opinions down there always. And if you have anything to say to the show, cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com. And then you can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are cannonfirepodcast. If you want to let your voice be heard, that's the way to do it. Reach out, send us an email, let us know what's going on. Even if you have a take that you want someone to hear, we will make sure it gets out there for you. So uh, let us know. Sound off for us there. Let's move on. Taking a look at this Detroit Lions team. Now, it's easy to write them off because it looks like Matt Stafford isn't going to play for the yep. third straight week. David Blow has been uh, Blau. okay. Blau. I'm pretty sure it's Blau. Uh, uh, not, not Joe Blow. Blow, David Blau. <laughs> uh, it looks like he's been okay. I mean, Thanksgiving, he yeah. played a decent game. Since then, mm-hmm. he has not played very well at all. And um, But... Detroit is one of those teams. I mean, they've got plenty of talent on both sides of the ball. They've got yep. Kenny Galladay, a uh, I think he was a 2017 third round pick. I don't know. Yeah, I, I want to say 2017 Steve third round right pick. Um, he's having a really good year this season. Uh, he's got ten touchdown, t- uh, ten touchdown catches this year. And then you look at Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, who unfortunately they just put on IR, and yep. also Dan, uh, Danny Amendola. They all have 50-plus catches this season, and at times they can be hard to contain. We know this Buck secondary yep. still 31st in the league, so you got to be careful of that. Again, it all comes back them to losing Marvin Jones. Them losing Marvin Jones is big. Yeah, that's, is. that's huge for them. Um, but you still want to contain those guys, and I think those yep. are the big pieces on offense for them. Now, on defense, I think their defense has really fallen off of what it was a year ago. I remember last year they were top ten in uh, total defense, pass defense, and rush defense. Or even as the season's gone on, I feel like. Yeah. Like, I feel like at the start they were really good. Right. Uh, um, they, now they do have Trey Flowers. That's a big piece on that defense. He has seven sacks, um, so he's kind of having himself a productive year. And then we talked a little bit before the show, another big name in that secondary of theirs is Darius Slay. While you know they are 
20 something at giving up passing yards through the air. Darius Slay is still a guy who can make you regret it if, um, you know, you throw a ball his way and your receiver isn't ready. And we've seen that happen plenty of times. The the last time the Bucs played the Lions, Darius Slay picked off Jameis Winston. Absolutely. So uh, he's a guy to be looking out for. But. Let me ask you about this Lions team. What are some things you're looking at, maybe some key matchups, uh, something you're mm-hmm. going to be paying attention to in this game on Sunday? Well, I'm focused on the Buccaneers' offensive line. Just like you said, you know, the Lions, I feel like their defense has some talent. Uh, obviously, I don't watch enough Lions football to really understand why they're struggling like that. Uh, but, I mean, Trey Flowers is a really good player. And, I mean... They just have they have a lot of solid players. They don't have any more, I guess, superstars, and may, maybe that's what they're lacking, you know. Um, but I, I do think this Buccaneers offensive line, and actually, we're gonna get to the injury report a little bit later. But Donovan Smith again didn't practice today, so that's big, you know. If he can't go, um, this will be the first game he's missed in his career, I believe. And I'm not saying he's gonna miss but i'm just saying if he cannot go this will be the first game he's missed and i mean we all saw what the line looked like when smith went out during the game on yeah. sunday against it, the colts as much crap as we give donovan smith he does have the uh you know the stupid penalty every now and again but the guy really is the best offensive tackle on the team you know it and it shows when he's not there just like you said when he came out of the game for a little bit against indy you saw it clear as day uh, they could not stop anything, and they had to rearrange, puzzle piece that offensive line, and yeah. even then it still wasn't working the way that it should have. Yeah, so, I mean, not only they got Trey Flowers, uh, Snacks Harrison is, is there now. Uh, Deshaun Hand, which I'm not sure he's playing, he didn't participate in practice today. I mean, uh, yesterday, I should say. I have yesterday's injury report up because today's is not yet available. Um so, I mean, but they, they still have a ton of talent. And hopefully, you know, I think of, you know, also Alex Kappa didn't play last week. Hopefully, Bucks are hopeful to get him back. Uh, he was limited yesterday. I believe he practiced again today. So it's looking encouraging that he'll be able to be back. But uh, Donovan Smith is really, really a big key. Um, because if you let this Pat Ryan's, Lions pass rush tee off, they're at home, can feed off that energy, just – it would not be a good recipe to win a football game. Absolutely. I think it's something that's been on the weekly checklist ever since we started doing the damn thing is that the pass rush sets the tone of the game. And yep. if that's one thing that the Lions can get cooking in home is hitting the quarterback plenty of times, then it could be a long day. But let's kind of transition into something else, and it, it has to do with the injury report, I guess. So maybe we can mention the injury report towards the end of it because there are some key updates from that. Uh, mm-hmm. And, of course, factor into today and who's going to play on Sunday. Let's talk about life without Mike Evans. Uh, I mean, okay. for the first time since week nine of 2017, the Buccaneers will probably take the field without Mike Evans. And uh, that's that's kind of weird. Uh, I mean, Mike Evans, franchise's number one receiver in virtually everything. Um, he actually trails Chris Godwin this year on touchdown passes and touchdown passes and catches. But, and yards, I believe, right? Yeah, and yards. But the two rank second and third in the NFL in every category. Yep. So unfortunately, <laughs> Mike's, Mike's going to drop out of the top five. But absolutely, it's unfortunate because we talked about a little earlier. Mike Evans going to be missing the rest of the regular season with a pulled hamstring. Now it's funny too because I think I heard Trevor Sikama talk about it on uh, Pewter Reports podcast this week. 
But, you know, to put out a report that says Mike Evans to miss the rest of the year when it's like a four-week injury, yeah, you know, it's, it, it is kind it's, of funny. It, it's, you know, technically is, but, I mean, yeah, if, if there was a – if they were playing in a wild card game or even um, – even a week seventeen game, if it was going to come down to whether they make the playoffs or not, I think Mike Evans might play. So, Absolutely, yeah. Um, of course, that's it's a different situation. So they're out of it. What's the what's the sense in in giving you know and potentially setting him up for a failure in twenty twenty if he injures it more? So right. So going into this matchup on Sunday, boxer without Mike Evans. So on the one hand, that's not going to miss a beat. They already got another number one. Exactly. But on the one hand. The Bucks still have formidable pass-catching weapon Chris Godwin in. But, oh, I was talking about Rashad Perryman. Oh, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, on the other hand, the Lions defense is going to be able to devote a lot more attention to Chris Godwin. Yep. Um, so, it's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, Tampa Bay has the NFL's second most prolific passing attack this season. And they're going to be facing a Detroit defense. Actually, I got the stat right here. So a Detroit defense that has given up the third most aerial yards this season. But the Bucks' ability to keep the ball moving may depend on how productive uh, such secondary and tertiary uh, targets really show up. A uh, guy that you just brought up, Rashad Perryman, Justin Watson, O.J. Howard, you're really going to be looking for them to spread the field on offense this week, and that'll be interesting yep. to watch without Mike Evans. And the Lions have not been great against tight ends this year. so Yeah, that is definitely um, the biggest thorn in their side on defense. So I, I think life without Mike Evans, right? That was the question. So I obviously Chris Godwin's going to get doubled a lot more. Maybe not every play, but but a lot more because you know I don't think there's going to be a big Chris Godwin game. I just don't. Um. So that means a lot of people ask me like, okay, so what does it mean uh, Mike Evans is out? I was like, well, pretty much everybody shifts up one. So Godwin goes to one, Perryman goes to two, Justin Watson probably goes to three because I mean he was really good and he deserves to be three right now. Yeah. Um, after that performance on Sunday, he deserves to be three. Um, a little bit of an update, you know, Scotty Miller, who I said on the Monday show, I was like, you know, this guy, like, this is his opportunity. Like, yeah, he's, he's got to get back get his ass back out there. Like, like he's got to get back, and uh, he was limited in, particip- in participation in practice yesterday and i believe he practiced again today so looking encouraging for scotty miller uh, probably is the fourth wide receiver so they also did uh promote ishmael himes or something like that receiver forget his name that's so bad Ah, Uh, they they promoted him from the (laughs) practice squad so he's gonna be their fifth wide receiver so scotty miller looks like scotty miller is gonna play big opportunity for him like i said He's not going to be like a starter or anything, but he's going to get a heck of a lot more snaps than he already did uh, with, uh, you know, one of their top guys going down. And it's going to like the Bucks' offense is going to have to rely on Brashad Perryman, Justin Watson, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, you know, uh, all, you know, all th- you know, three out of the four that I named caught touchdowns last yeah. week. I think between so all gonna, of those guys, it was going to be another effort like that. Yeah, close to between all of those guys in uh, last week's game against the Colts, I think it was like 300 yards and five touchdowns for those guys or something between all of them. Um, but either way, you're going to need that production. Maybe three touchdowns, not five. 
But you're going to need that production to show up, especially if whoever's throwing the ball, Ryan Griffin or Jameis Winston, can really yeah. make those connections happen. We know mm -hmm. that those guys can make some plays for you, so it'll be interesting to see. But well, and if it's if it's Ryan Griffin, I really hope they have a separate game plan. Yeah, oh, Ryan I'm Griffin sure. does not have the arm that Jameis Winston does, so you can't just air it down the field. Right, right. It'll be interesting to see, but of course, that's all something we'll find out. I would say we have a definitive answer on if Jameis plays by Friday, uh, yeah, so by tomorrow. I, I, I think you'll – if he's not practicing tomorrow and they – they're going to sign a – if he's not playing, they're going to sign a quarterback. Right. You, you're not going to go into the game with Jameis Winston inactive and no backup quarterback for Ryan Griffin. No, you're, you're not going to do that. So – if they don't sign a quarterback tomorrow and James Winston is like limited or so in practice, he's going to play. Yeah, 100%. I am with you. But talking about key injuries, let's go over some injury report updates for today, Thursday of the practice week. Then we'll jump into the weekly checklist, and we've got some embarrassing buck stories for you following that. Uh, so uh, what's the injury report looking like? Yeah, so like I said, uh, yesterday's was pretty, I mean, pretty much the same. Uh, so I'm going to read you off the Buccaneers for yesterday's, and then I have today's as well. So Alex Kappa was limited yesterday with an elbow injury. DeMar Dotson, not injury-related, did not participate. Of course, we believe this has happened every week. Yeah. So believe that, you know, that's probably his veteran's day off. Mike Evans, they listed him on there. Hamstring did not participate. Wide receiver Scotty Miller, hamstring, uh, limited participation. Here's where it gets interesting. So Anthony Nelson with a hamstring was limited participation, and he practiced today as well. So that could be a big boost for Anthony Nelson. Um, if he's able to come back, he hasn't played since the Seattle game, and he left that game early, so be a pretty, uh, pretty nice addition uh, it, just it, for it, some depth there. And that's really good news as well, not only for the depth piece that you brought up, but Anthony Nelson, he was a guy that had a lot of eyes on him, not only because of his size, but yeah. uh, just his effect on that defensive line. And I think before he went down, he was really putting together some pretty okay games for a late You draft. know, you know it, it's a shame because I think it's a little bit too late, but if he would have stayed healthy, the, the Bucks, unless he really just tears it up these last three games... Um, the Bucks were kind of grooming Nelson to replace Carl Nassib. Yeah. Because I don't think they were expected to keep Carl Nassib. We'll see. Plans probably changed because I'm sure they wanted to see a lot more of Nelson, and they didn't, so they can't really take that risk. Uh, they know they have a sure thing in Nassib. A guy's going to get, you know, five to seven sacks a year. Whereas Anthony Nelson, obviously, is a cheaper, younger option, but you're not exactly sure. Durability is now a concern, so right. we'll see. Um, but another outside linebacker, Jason Pierre-Paul, did not participate in practice yesterday with a knee injury, but was back at practice today, so he's going to play. Donovan Smith, ankle-slash-knee, I believe it's probably the same injury that caused him to go out. He did not participate in practice yesterday or today. Not good. Yeah. Um, and then quarterback James Winston, right thumb-slash-knee. I believe he's on the injury report last year for last year, last week for a knee injury anyway. Uh, but he was limited or limited participation. And uh, for the Lions, Jamal Agnew, cornerback, ankle injury, full participation. Defensive end, Austin Bryant, hip, limited participation. Guard, Joe Dow. And their, their list is actually pretty long. Um, so Joe Dow, backslash knee, did not participate. Jared Davis, who was, I believe, their first-round pick yeah. um, a few years ago. Linebacker, Florida, right? 
sure. I think, I think he's, he's the Florida guy. We'll roll with Florida. I'll, uh, I'll see if I can confirm that for you. Uh, ankle slash knee, he did not participate yesterday. Defensive lineman Deshaun Hand did not participate. Uh, he's a you know he's a solid player on their defensive line, so we'll see if he plays. Uh, Snacks Harrison, defensive tackle. That's wow, calf slash knee slash shoulder. Um, he was a full participant though in practice. Linebacker Christian Jones, who's one of the more underrated uh, players in this league, I think. Shoulder limited participation. Punter Sam Martin with an abdomen injury with limited participation. Running back J.D. McKissick, not injury-related, did not participate. Cornerback Rashawn Melvin, who was a former Buccaneer. Uh, ribs, full participation. Ashawn Robinson, who I believe was a pretty high pick of theirs a few years ago. Teeth in the tackle, did not participate with a shoulder injury. Running back Bo Scarbo, who actually had a really good day, I believe, against the Redskins two weeks ago. Yeah, with, uh, rib injury, he was limited. Quarterback Matthew Stafford, who we pretty much know this, but hip slash back, he did not participate. And tackle Rick Wagner, knee injury, did not participate. So I'm not 100% sure because I don't have the Lions um, injury report in front of me for today because, like I said, the Buccaneers app has not released the full injury report yet for today. But I would say if a guy's not participating, likely not going to play. So obviously Matt Stafford's going to be out. Um, you know, like Snacks Harrison, obviously he's going to play. Uh, guys are limited. Sam Martin, the punter, hope he'll play or else they would have signed a punter. So, um, yeah, but I, I think overall, I, I don't really think the Lions are going to be missing a whole lot of people. Like we said, they put Marvin Jones on IR this just a few days ago. He was a big piece of their offense. And they also put tight end, rookie tight end, TJ Hawkinson on um, IR. I believe it was last week. So, they're... Uh, they're, they're a little bit banged up, but so are the Bucks. so should be interesting. Definitely are. A lot of question marks on that injury report. You'll have some more answers regarding the game on Sunday, probably closer to Friday, definitely by Saturday, so keep an mm. eye out for those. But there is your injury report. Let's wrap up this game preview with something we like to call the weekly checklist. Now, we do this every single week for the game preview, and what it is are three things the Buccaneers need to do if they're going to win this game against the Lions on Sunday. So let's jump right into it. A few of these points we already talked about, so I only kind of have to mention them, and then we can keep going. Would you look at that? So, first thing on the weekly checklist this week, protect Jameis Winston or Ryan Griffin, depending on who plays. But uh, you want to protect those guys because we talked about how the Lions at home, if that pass rush really gets going and sets the tone, it could be a very, very long day. Yep. And, I mean, you're talking about Jameis Winston in the sense that he's already pretty banged up. He's got that knee injury that's kind of been lingering since before the Saints game. Um, you know, he's got some things that, uh, of course, the hand as well. You don't want him to land bad on that and re-aggravate that injury anymore. So you want to protect your guy in the pocket. Give him plenty of time to throw, pick apart, spread the field with these weapons. And that actually brings us to our next point on the weekly checklist. Look at that. Good segue. Spread the attack on offense. We talked about the weapons that these guys have. Let's find out who's a weapon and who really isn't because you've got so many names there that could make an impact. Uh, OJ Howard, Brashad Perryman, who's really stepped it up. Justin Watson, Scotty Miller, you just talked about who can really come back in and help out this week. Um, I'd like to see them spread that offensive style attack and really just get these guys comfortable with their own roles. 
because of course, if they can really solidify how these guys can work on offense these last three games of the year, that can only mean better and better things coming into next season when you hopefully have Mike Evans back as well. Which, well, when you definitely have Mike Evans yeah, back yeah. as well. And yeah, you're not, yeah, yeah, he'll be back. <laughs> we talk about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, best wide receiver duo in the league. If you can figure out how to work with them and everybody else on the offense, it can only mean good things. So those are two things on the weekly checklist. This last one, pretty important, and I'm sure it's another thing that we say every single week. Pass rush has got to show up this week. The pass yeah. rush against Indianapolis was was pretty lacking, only uh, one sack on the day. And by the way, updated, sa- uh, updated stat here, Shaq Barrett had the half a sack. He shared it with Will Golston, but they corrected it, and now he has a whole sack. So his sack total for the year is 15 and a half. One away from tying the record, right? He is one away. I think he's tied. He's one away from tying Warren Sapp's record, but right now he is tied with Simeon Rice's record. Okay. So I, I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to break the sack record this season. Probably. I think it's going to happen. We're going to have a new Buccaneers defensive player in the history books, and uh, I don't know. Do you think he can do it? I said a few weeks ago he's going to do it. Okay. All right. I'm I'm just making sure. Hey man, got got to got to go back and read the receipts. Expectations man. change. You never know. But uh, I think he's got more than enough will to get it done. And you know damn well he's going to be trying to get it done. I would love to see Shaq Barrett in the Bucks history books. So uh, two more sacks and boom, seventeen and a half on the year. What a dominant season for Shaq Barrett as well. Gonna I mean, get this paid. Guy, it, yeah, he is about to get paid a lot of money. But this guy has brought an identity to the Bucks defensive line all by himself. Like, that's the crazy part, is, yeah, you've got a lot of other really good pieces on that line, some guys Mm -hmm. who have had productive years. I mean, Jason Pierre-Paul, in the short time that he's been back, he's a big big impact impact. player. Um, Carl Nassib, a guy that you brought up as well, and Dominica Sue and Vita Vea have really been coming into their own in the center of that line, and I think that's what's helping them win a lot of those battles on the line of scrimmage. But Shaq Barrett, dude, just a historic pace player, and uh, really, really glad to see him getting the recognition that he deserves. Still leads the NFL in sacks and hoping he can finish the year. Well, pretty damn sure he can finish the year first place in NFL sacks. Defensive player of the year, baby. Here we come. I believe I believe he has a sack and a half over Chandler Jones now. Yeah. I believe yeah, Chandler Jones that. is 14, so he's starting to, starting to space it out a little bit. Yeah, with that correction of the stat on Sunday, his number went up. And, yeah, I think a sack and a half is where he's at as well. But – Pass rush needs to show up this week, and I'm fairly confident that they can. This is a Detroit Lions offense that just kind of like the Jags, man. Sluggish. There isn't, there isn't a whole lot about it that really scares you. Like, I don't yeah. think these guys are going to find a rhythm and torch us for 500 total yards of offense. They just they don't seem like that type of team. Of course, you don't want to write them off completely because, as we Bucks fans are all too familiar with, any given Sunday in the NFL, but – It'll be an interesting matchup come Sunday, and I think it should be a win. Let's jump into some game predictions, and then we'll go into the embarrassing Buck stories. But, uh, Evan, what is your prediction? Well, yeah, real quick, I had two things here. Okay. That I wanted to put on a little checklist. So, Do it, man. Add them on. Uh, Matt Gay, can you make your kicks in a dome this time? Oh, 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 uh, that'll be interesting. The, the last time you did not, um, against the Falcons, you missed two extra points, like actually missed them, and then one was blocked. I think that was so, the worst game of his career. Mm. <laughs> we don't talk about the other one okay but that's the no yeah but the atlanta game's not the worst in his career then it was in a dome 
What worst career game in a dome? Sure. Oh, okay. All right. Worst All career right. game outside. Mm. <laughs> We've already um, forgotten that other game. Anyways, this Lions team is three nine and one. They have lost six straight. Do not give them any momentum. Like, right. don't let them go up to seven nothing, ten nothing at home. Get on them. Get up on them and get up on them early. You're up fourteen nothing. It's over. They're yep. they're done. They're not coming back. If you go up 14 nothing, 21 to 3, 21 10, 28 10, something like that, they're done. Okay? Um, and hopefully, I think the ideal situation for the Bucks would be they're up so big that in like the late third quarter, they can put in Ryan Griffin and not have to worry about James Winston's thumb or uh, you know, or knee. Right. I, I think that'd be an ideal situation. Not sure if they're gonna be in that situation but just you got to get up on them early like i'm not saying that it'll if you're up on a 14 nothing you're gonna end up beating them 34 nothing because i don't think so but like being up on a 14 nothing might lead to like a you know a 28 to 14 final or something like that like right you can't give these guys life they have no life right now they're they're dead in the water they they had a nice start after that like i said six straight games they've lost they scored seven points last week. Just do not give them anything to to feed off of. Absolutely. Now, you had another point on the weekly checklist you wanted to throw in there, right? Well, that was the two. That was the two. Oh, okay. Matt Gay, Matt Gay, make all your kicks and Bucks just pile it on early and often. Absolutely, because like you said, you come out early. We've seen this Bucks team before. They play their best football when they're ahead. So if you can come out get that lead early, and then just hold on to it. <clears throat> I can't believe this Lions team is going to give you that much of a problem. But ladies and gentlemen... It's, it's that... like the Jaguars game. They were up big, right. and the Jaguars didn't have enough firepower on offense to come back. Absolutely. That's how this game should go. 100%. But ladies and gentlemen, that is the weekly checklist. Hope you hated it, and uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to it. So That's let's great. go into some game predictions, and then we'll jump into those box stories that we have. But Evan, let me toss it to you. What is your prediction for the game this week? Okay, so um, I've debated back and forth on this. Originally, I was going to say like 31 to 21 bucks, but I was like, ah, 10 points. I don't know. Like on the road, 10 points is a lot to predict. So I'm going to go 28, 20 bucks. Okay. I just think I just think the bucks are the better team. Um, and that may even include like a late touchdown by the Lions. So it might be like 28 to 13. That might include like a, like a Falcons game touchdown almost. So, um, I just did the Bucks are just the better team. They're on a hot streak right now. Like I said, Lions are on the coldest of streaks. Um, they they got their third string quarterback in there. Uh, I just don't see, and normally I'd say, uh oh, but I, I think the defense has improved immensely now. Um, I I just don't see them losing this game. So naturally, I mean, they're gonna lose, but just because I said <laughs> that, but I just don't, I just don't think. And I, you know, and I've said this a lot. If they truly want you to believe that they're starting to turn the corner and develop any sort of culture, you win this game. Yep. And you and you win this game convincingly. You don't just squeak out this win. Like you have to beat this team. Yeah, that's where it starts. Is winning winnable games. That's how you become a team that can build an identity of just winning more than you lose. I know that sounds like you, common sense, but you, this they is a literally game you win. they're they're missing out on the playoffs because they lost to the Giants, who they should have beaten. 
That's why right now they're not competing for a playoff spot still. Because they lost to a team that they should have beaten. And it's just, you know, hey, you got to you gotta acknowledge that game. Eventually. Oh, no, but. you do. You do. And I, I sent out a tweet earlier this week, and it's it's so damn frustrating that the Buccaneers are one missed field goal away from competing for a wild card spot. But uh, what was I saying earlier? That's exactly why I try to just get that game out of my head. <laughs> but uh, but kind of follow up on you said my prediction, just like you said, I, I don't think there's a reason the Bucks should lose this game. You look at the team, you look at the tail of the tape, all the things that come together, even with you're missing Mike Evans, and let's say you're missing Jameis Winston, I still think that Ryan Griffin gives us a good chance to win. Um, and of course, with Ryan Griffin coming into the game, if that's the case... You're probably going to look at Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber being a much bigger, prolific back in the running game. They're going to get that going. But, of course, all hypothetical. We have to find out who's playing, and we'll probably find out that on Friday. You and I both said we think Jameis is going to play. Now, let me give you my prediction, and let's get into these Buck stories. You said that 10 points on the road is kind of hard to predict. Well, I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to give you 11. How about that? I got the Bucks winning this game 28-17 to over the Detroit Lions. Uh, just kind of like everything that you said. I don't think there's a reason the Bucks should lose this game. It's a very winnable game, and if you're trying to build this identity of a winning football team, this is a win, no doubt. Especially with the Bucks already being road warriors. Last road game of the year, they know what's at stake. They know they want to win. And I think they do just that. 28-17 is my final score. So, we both have the Bucks putting up 28, and we both have the Buccaneers improving their record to 7-7 seven and seven on the season. Let's hope. 500 we... since New Orleans, right? We yeah, thought. right? Yeah. They went They went into that New Orleans game at 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, the fact that they are 500, or well, have the chance to be 500 this late in the season is only a positive sign. Of course, you want to keep the ball rolling. You got two more games after that. Let's wrap it up. Let's finish 9-7. and seven. But, of course, we just have to get past the Lions this week. So, there is your game preview, the weekly checklist and all, everything you need to know about this Sunday's game against Detroit. It's about time. Let's get into these embarrassing Bucks stories. Now, you guys seem to really like this segment when we did it last time. And I'll be honest, I did too. There were a lot of good stories that we heard. So, we brought it back for another week. Maybe this is something we can keep going every now and again as a little treat for you guys. But let's get into it, man. So, I had a story this week that I had posted up, and I, I really posted it on Twitter and didn't think to segue it into this segment here, but uh, I, I guess we're going to do that. So, my embarrassing buck story this week is one time I was in Daytona. I was a younger kid. I was like 11, 12, and I met Roy Miller, former Bucks defensive lineman, played for the Jags as well. Um, I met Roy Miller when he was playing for the Jags. We were staying on a hotel on Daytona Beach. And my stepdad walks in with this huge man behind him, like six foot four or five. He's got these huge tattoos all over his arms. And I mean, he is just a ridiculous specimen. And I was a younger kid at the time, so I didn't really know who he was right off of the bat. But my stepdad's like, oh, yeah, this guy, Roy Miller, he plays for the Jags and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. So we talked about it more. He told me about his time playing for the Bucks. But my key memory of that, is like him coming into our room and pretty much drinking the rest of our Jack Daniels whiskey, which we had for the trip that week, and then hit on my mom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say he like hit on my mom trying to make a move on her, but he's Roy freaking Miller. He's an NFL football player. You know how your mom would get around an NFL football player in your hotel room. So it, it is what it is, but a pretty interesting memory nonetheless. So I think about that a lot. 
and uh, just the interaction that we had with Roy Miller. He really was a cool guy, and it wasn't so much embarrassing, but just kind of cool. But uh, he did drink all of our liquor, so whatever. So. Well, <laughs> he kind of clapped back at you. He said, well, he commented on the post, and he said he didn't even like whiskey. And I, I called him out. I said, I don't know, dude. I remember a little differently. And then he said he was messing with us. So he's like, oh, I was just messing with you. Um, here, here's what he said. Uh, he said, I don't even like whiskey. And so I replied, and I said, am I a mistake? I feel like I remember you and my stepdad bonding over a Jack and Coke. He's a big Jags fan. Definitely liquor involved, because I remember he drank our liquor. Like, I remember he left, and that was the conversation. It was like, damn, that dude drank all of our liquor. But he responded back. He said, I was messing with you. You guys had the suite downstairs, which we did. We were downstairs right in front of the pool. He said it was nice to meet you all. So really cool interaction with there Roy Miller. Go. It's cool that he remembers it after all these years because that was, you know, almost nine years ago. Yeah. So the fact that he was able to respond and get back at us was pretty cool. But let's go into some of your guys' buck stories here. And we'll start right off the top of the bat with our buddy Griffin Greatness, who has been ecstatic this time of year. Because, oh, has to be. Yeah, Ryan Griffin got his first snaps in the NFL last week, and, you know, he's chomping at the bit for Ryan to really get the start this week, but that's all up in the air. But let's get into his story, right? So, this one's kind of like, this one's kind of funny. Um, what Griffin Greatness says, when we drafted Mike Evans, I legitimately thought that he was an offensive lineman until the first preseason game. I'm assuming he was a little younger at this point, so, of course, you don't really watch the draft or keep up with it. You just hear this guy's name. He's like, I was so mad that we got an offensive lineman in the first round, and then he lines up at wide receiver, and it all kind of clicked together for him. So he thought Mike Evans was an offensive lineman. I don't know. Mike Evans isn't a offensive lineman name. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, maybe I'm overthinking it there, but I, I don't know. Anyways, he thought Mike Evans was an offensive lineman, so uh, that's pretty embarrassing. Here's another good one. This comes from Pirate underscore Style on Instagram. He says... I had the privilege of being in the sidelines one year at a home game. Like, actually, you know what? Before I really even get into this, these next two stories that we have involve LeGarrette Blunt, And <laughs> funny, they're, huh? they're both pretty good. <laughs> like, they're both, they're both pretty funny. Um, but we'll jump into this first one, and then we'll jump into the other one. Uh, Pirate Sile says, I had the privilege of being in the sidelines one year at a home game. LeGarrette Blunt was injured. He seeked me out. And he asked me to tell his girl in the stands to get him a cheeseburger and meet him at the tunnel at halftime for the handoff. He said, I played cheeseburger Eddie from the longest yard for a little moment in my life. That's a pretty funny story. Because when good. I first read that, I didn't realize that he said that Blunt was injured. So I'm just thinking this dude walks up to him in full pads and is like, hey, man, there's my girlfriend over there. Tell her to get me a cheeseburger at, at, at uh, halftime. But... Pretty good story with LeGarrette Blunt. Let's go into another one. This com uh, this one comes from Hunter Fogarty. He says, I took a tour of One Buck Place right when it opened some years ago, and I'm checking out the Lombardi Trophy when LeGarrette Blunt casually walks up to me, and he's like, we got to get one of those. And I'm not knowing it's him, so I just start chatting with him like he's another fan, and he's like, yeah, we're lacking some pieces on offense still. Oh, oh boy. And then LeGarrette Blunt just kind of laughed, um, and then he asked him about his grades, told him to keep doing good in school, shook his hand, and went along on his way. He's like, I later found out it was LeGarrette Blunt I talked to and was forever embarrassed. And then, oh, of course, man. we know LeGarrette Blunt went on to win three Super Bowl rings with the Pats and the Eagles. He so, won three? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, man. I thought he won two. 
No, I, I think he did win at three. But overall, pretty good story about LeGarrette Blunt. He seems like that type of guy who would have some really, really good stories. Um, especially he with the like a fun guy. Yeah. <laughs> We're lacking some pieces on offense. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, hey, at least he wasn't like a douche. And was oh, like, hey. like Hell no. You know, at least he like kind of agreed with him. What if he was like, yeah, that Freeman guy. <laughs> yeah, what right. He, what yeah. if he just completely threw him under the bus? <laughs> you never know, but I highly doubt it, especially inside one buck place. That'd really be something. But we got two more stories, and then we'll wrap things up and get out of here for you guys. This next one comes from Bucks underscore Insider on Instagram. And he says, when I was like 10, I met Vincent Jackson. It was really awkward because we were taking a picture, and I put my hand around his back. And, you know, Vincent Jackson, he's very tall, and the hand obviously wasn't meant to go there. Uh So he, like, really quickly moved his hand away. And then I guess they took the picture, and he didn't even conversate with him afterwards. He just kind of ran off. (laughs) So it was, he got the picture, but I guess the circumstances were pretty awkward. But, dude, that would be kind of weird if you go to, like, take a picture with a player and he's got to slap your hand off of his back. Like, that'd be a little awkward, too. So, good story with Vincent Jackson. We've got one more story, in this regards, Levante David and some Chick-fil-A. So, uh, isn't that something? This comes from DRRJ28 on Instagram. He says, I was working in the kitchen at a Chick-fil-A, and Levante David comes in to order food. I take a couple moments to gather up the courage to say hi and not be a complete fangirl in front of him. So I walk into the front of the house, confidently go up to him, and I ask Levante. And he says, yes. And as I put out my hand to shake his, I completely freeze up. And the only thing that I could do was nod my head like six times while walking away and pointing at him and just saying, you're that dude. I love you, man. He still cringes every time he thinks about it. (laughs) <laughs> and I have to imagine Levante David up in the Chick-fil-A. First off, good food taste, right? I'll throw down some Chick-fil-A yeah. any, any time, any place. Anytime. But I, Except I could, on Sunday, right? I couldn't imagine. I Now, he didn't mention it in the story, but he never said if he, like, shook his hand or not. And I'm, I'm sure assuming he did. He did. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine that? Just, like, if, for all of the YouTube viewers, you'll be going to be able to see me. So he's just. <laughs> You're the man, dude. Love you, bro. He has his hand out there, but they, yeah. they never touch. Yeah, but uh, pretty good story regarding Levante, David. And thank you guys for sending in your embarrassing buck stories. These are always a lot of fun to go over. Just some moments that you wish you could take back in your interactions with Bucks players. We got some pretty good ones, so thank you guys for sending those in. But with that, that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for listening on all of our outlets or watching with video on YouTube and BucksReport.com. And thank you guys for supporting us through 90 episodes. We are yep. 10 episodes away from the elusive number 100. Yep. And, and uh, a, I don't know, man. Quick side, really... note, quick side note. You might be able to notice that daylight saving time is, like, not good because – as the show's going on, I've gotten, like, engulfed in darkness. I, w- I actually just did notice that. I was like, did you <laughs> shut off the light in the room or something? Yeah, I never had the light on. It was just daylight, and now the daylight is starting to go. So <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, Google Play, wherever, head over to YouTube and just check out this moment right now. Look at, like, the start of the show and then skip to about this moment if you've already listened. If not, just listen to it on YouTube. But um, yeah, skip to this part and just see the difference because <laughs> I'm looking. I'm like, do I – like, is this hat still on? I'm like – and I'm wearing all black clothes. So I'm yeah. like, oh, 
like I'm like, man, soon I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna sit here, you're just gonna see my face. Like maybe I'll just man. I'll do like a time lapse of your video as you slowly you get darker throughout the course yeah. of the episode. But uh Yeah, absolutely. Back to what I was saying. Thank you guys for supporting us this long, and of course we will be talking to you guys at episode one hundred before we even know it. Not a lot of podcasts get to episode one hundred, so I'm so thankful that we were able to get there. Still ten episodes away, so something catastrophic could happen between now and then. But the plan is to uh the plan is definitely to get to episode one hundred. Now <sighs> I'm trying to think. You can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. You can find it by searching the name. You can also follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, and then you can follow my co-host Evan Wanish on Instagram and Twitter at BucksWave. Of course on Twitter as well at EvanNFL if you want to see his takes on the Philadelphia Flyers, Philly Sports in general. And sometimes the box. But uh, who knows? <laughs> Before we go, do have to give a big, big shout out to our sponsors at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. <clears throat> These guys have been hooking it up in the Tampa Bay area since 2001. And they do everything. If you have an image for your business, they're going to get you hooked up. You can start small with some decals. They'll go into banners. They'll do stickers. They even do apparel. Just like the apparel you see on your screen right now. Some Cannon Fire Podcast official merchandise, which is still on sale, by the way. Plenty of stock left. We've got stickers and shirts. $20 for a, uh, $20 for a shirt, $5 for a pack of stickers. Y'all know what it is. If you buy a shirt, we'll include a pack of stickers as well. But all of that would not be possible without our friends at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. They have been hooking it up for a very long time in the Tampa Bay area. You heard them about them at the beginning of the show. You're going to hear about them now. They continue to do a good job. RJ and his staff have you hooked up. If you're not a designer, that's A-OK because they have multiple graphic designers who can really help you come up with an image. That is the motto. If you have an image for your business, they're going to make sure it happens for you. You can give them a call. 813-684-5444, or you can check out the website at pinecrestprinting.com. Thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We await anxiously Sunday's matchup against the Detroit Lions and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Should be a good one. I am Rhett Matthew, signing off for Evan Wanish, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.